Dare to be Bold is brought to you by J Forks Designs Lifestyle Accessory Brand. Here at J Forks Designs, Dare to be Bold is more than our motto, it's our way of life. For our podcast series, we are interviewing people who live boldly. Today we sat down with James O'Brien with JJ O'Brien Ranch, who followed his passion to bring his family back to the ranch life. Hey everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Dare to be Bold by J Forks Designs. My name is Casey, I'm your host. We're here in Beeville, Texas today with James O'Brien. James, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Casey. This is fun. This house that we are sitting in right now is absolutely incredible. I just have to say that first off. Um, This is part of the O'Brien Ranch, correct? That's correct, yeah. It's been here a long time, a lot longer than I've been here, so. (laughs) Well, it's amazing. Thank you. Um, Can you tell us just a little bit about what takes place here at the O'Brien Ranch? I'll step way back because, I mean, when I was, ever since I've been five or six years old, I don't remember not being involved in agriculture and being horseback. And and so the main thing that happens out here is horses and cattle. We raise, we're cow-calf ranch and we raise beef. And so ever since I was, I was going to say old enough to do something, but it's more old enough to be in the way, you know, five, (laughs) six years old, I'm riding the fence so I don't get lost, Mm -hmm. right? I'm watching these guys. You know, my dad, Morgan O'Brien, Mick O'Brien, Dick O'Brien, my dad and uncles and and the hands out here um, do bold things, Mm -hmm. you know. They're roping bull yearlings on two-year-old colts because that's what needs to be done at the time, you know. Sometimes you don't plan it out, but but that's the job that has to get done. And so I had an opportunity way early on to watch people be bold because they had to be, you know. It was just part of their lifestyle. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I can remember stories. I'm seeing some of this, you know, as eight, nine, ten years old. You know, my Uncle Dick, he's roping. Oh, man, he was on a two-year-old dun mare, I think. And we were out working cattle. And it doesn't always work like you plan, mm-hmm. right? And so he he ropes this this big bull calf and just steps off and starts walking off. And one of his buddies asks him, what, what are you doing? Where are you going? And he says, well, I'm going to walk over here because there's about to be a bad wreck o- over there. She's never had anything roped on her before, you know? And so he he reaches and, and ropes, but he, he steps out of the way, and, and there he is. She goes to, you know, rope comes tight, and it's a big animal on the other end of her. And she, you know, bucks a little bit, but it all settles down. He goes, he gets back on. They finish the job, right? And so you grow up seeing these guys, and you think, Man, they can do anything. Yeah. I, I can do right. anything too, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and it's not always butterfly and roses, you know? Yeah. He, it was a pretty good wreck that day, but, you know, it's the job. And you what know? a cool thing, though, to grow up and see that and then to, to want to emulate as you grow up and, and like, have these guys to look up yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, growing up, you know, the Internet came about while, I, while we were coming yes. up, right? yep. And so when they grew up, it was still an older way of life, mm-hmm. and um, and then we we got here and and to make the decision to to try and stay connected to this, yeah. um, it was interesting and fun and and tug at your heart a little and hard. Right. You know, it's hard to to stay connected to this when it seems like the whole world is just blowing past it, you know? So how have you have you dealt with that, you know, in trying to stay true to your roots and what's happening here while progress is, is sort of just continuing? I just had to embrace both. You know, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, like I studied computer engineering at A&M mm-hmm. and embraced that technology and I embraced the progress and at the same time tried to 
you know, embrace the history too. And so you feel like you're getting pulled apart, Mm -hmm. but you know, if you, if you can put them together, um, it seems like that's kind of how, how I tried to handle it. When I went into computer engineering, the reason was because I thought whatever my real job Mm -hmm. would be, um, I could do it from anywhere, hopefully. Right. And, and anywhere means here, (laughs) you know, I want to be able to do my real job from the, from the ranch. And, um, and so that's really why I pursued that. And because I was encouraged by, you know, my dad, my family, and to, to look at alternative things, Mm -hmm. not just agriculture. See what else is out there. You bet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I did uh, some interns during college, of course, and then interviewed with Motorola and, you know, you step off the elevator and you see the cube farm as far as you can mm-hmm. see, you know, and it's a little different than the view that you see a outside bit. here. Just, just uh, and man, I don't know, it's just a little, mm-hmm. you get balled up inside and you think, oh man, this isn't going to yeah. work. But just because you think it isn't going to work doesn't mean you can just go back to the ranch and right. expect to make a living and support a family and, and you know, you got to figure out a different way to do things. And so I did use my degree, but we started a little software company for horse ranches and breeding facilities and vets and things like that. And we started that company. We set up in San Antonio. And I was there for about, I guess we were there for 12 years, 12 and a half years um, doing that. And we met some really interesting (laughs) people doing that kind of work. Because in 03 or 02, when we started the business, or even now, when you ask ranchers to put records on the internet, you know, it's... Whoa, dial it back, you know, Mr. Jetson, hold up, you know, for a second. And so in 03, it was even bigger of a stretch. Mm-hmm. And our software was all web-based. And so we were writing all our own software and doing all our own marketing. My wife, I say we, it was with my wife. She studied marketing at A&M. Okay. And I couldn't afford to hire one, so married married a marketer. Perfect. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we did all that work in-house and met the coolest people. Yeah. And it kind of transformed from a software company. The same people that were doing records online and things like that were trying to make a living in agriculture mm-hmm. and, and with horses. And so we transitioned that, that business into more of a marketing arm okay. for the different ranches that we were already doing business right. with. And, um, and so that's what that business turned into. Kind of a great integration of yeah i guess to get back to the original question we were using software and the internet and all these web-based programs to manage records for these 200 year old businesses right. you know and so it was a way to integrate the two lifestyles and together. it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. for that us is. yeah it was neat so then how did you end up back here i don't guess i have a really end goal where am i going to be in 50 years i don't know but I want to leave this, the same opportunities I was given mm-hmm. growing up. I want to leave those kinds of opportunities for my kids mm-hmm. and my grandkids. And so it was always about getting back down here and adding something to the, bringing something to the table, not just coming and taking. I always look for the next thing, and that might be a fault. I don't know. But I, I want to concentrate and I want to do what I'm doing well, but I'm, I want to see, you know, where is my next opportunity? And, and, uh, and it's got to meet a couple criteria. You know, will it bring me closer to the ranch? Mm-hmm. Um, will it, is it a better financial opportunity than where I'm at now? And will it allow me to leave more opportunity for my kid? I got two right. little girls. I oh. got a six-year-old and a three-year-old little girl. and uh, names? Sydney and Vivian. But um, in fact, I'm glad they came up. So what got me back down here was 
the mentality was always, you know, build a business, mm-hmm. be successful or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and, um, and build a life, but try to stay connected. For me, it was always to try to stay connected to the ranch yep. and that old Western lifestyle. Um, but where am I going to build that life? Wasn't ever that much of a concern until the little ones came along. Mm-hmm. You know, when, I'm, when I had a two-year-old little girl and the business was, you know, doing okay. It was paying the bills. It never got to where we dreamed and hoped it would be. Right. But, it, but it did well and, and paid the bills. And, and we were enjoying ourselves and meeting some really neat people. And one of the, one of the individuals we met um, through the business was a man named Stan Sigmund. And uh, he was a CEO of AT&T Mobility mm-hmm. back in the day, or Singular, I guess, and then became AT&T right. Mobility. Learned a lot from him business-wise, produced some events for him. And while we were in that relationship, he asked me at about year 12 or 13 of us doing this business mm-hmm. to evaluate his horse program. And he's, you know, come out, look at my mares, uh, look at the riding horses we got evaluate everything and let me know how you think we're doing, how you, where you think our bottom line falls, and where we ought to go next. Okay. And I thought, man, that's a great opportunity. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, that's a great opportunity for me to do back home uh-huh. too, right? Um, because my grandfather, they've been raising horses down here since, since there was an American Quarter Horse Association. So we're talking to Stan and he asked me to evaluate his program and so I actually brought that to my dad and said, look, this is what this individual has asked me to do, but I really think we can apply some of this down here. Mm-hmm. You know, wrote this proposal up and, and you know, thought about the things that, that I want to think about for each different yeah. new opportunity. Does it bring me to the ranch? Is it a better opportunity? So on and so forth. And, of course, getting back down here with a better opportunity was a no-brainer. Right. And so at that point, we sold off the business that was called Ranch Foreman, and we moved back down here, and I went to work full-time for the ranch down here. And um, so that was one of the stepping stones toward the the end goal of, yeah, you bet. So are you still doing kind of that, evaluating what's your role now here? No, in fact, that's why I say there never really was a decision of leaving the corporate world. It was, it's more of a process. So I did that for about three or four years for my father, for my dad. And then it got to the point where, you know, people were knew we were down here. They've always raised great horses, mm-hmm. but now we've got a training arm to go with it. Okay. And so people were buying their horses and leaving them in training with me. Got it. And it got, it got to the point where I just didn't have room over there, right. you know, to, to do everything. Mm-hmm. And so, same thing, you know, we sit down, we, we put the pencil and paper to it, talk to my lovely bride to see if she's okay with, with <laughs> the, nec- okay. the next step, <laughs> right. you know, and, uh, and then evaluate the decision just like everything else, you yeah. know, will it still allow me to be really involved with the ranch? I still help them work cows and yeah. do all that, but, but now we've transitioned to being on, totally independent, and so we're okay. training for the public, raising our own horses, you know, and stuff like that. And, and now we're focusing on that and, and looking for the next big thing. Obviously, you've got some foresight and some internal business sense about you, like your three questions that you ask. I think that's awesome that you think of those things before you kind of venture out into anything new. Um, and you, you talked about kind of always looking forward to the next thing, and you said, I don't know if that's a fault. I think that that is such a great thing though. I think that's what keeps you and keeps people in general who are looking forward and looking to the next thing. That's what 
kind of keeps you motivated and keeps you going. Yeah. Do you have a next thing in mind right now? You bet. In fact, the reason I say it's a fault is if you ask my wife, Tani, it's a fault. Because <laughs> there's usually 40, yeah, there's usually 40 next right. things, right? And so you have to use those three questions or whatever to dial all that back, right. you know? Um, Those are your qualifiers. Sure, yeah. Like, okay, we can't go, you know, work on the next Elon Musk project or whatever. <laughs> you know, let's keep it, you know. Let's, let's, let's be real. Yeah, that's right. Let's oh, yeah. be realistic here. Um, so, yeah, we got one near-term uh, project that we're real passionate about and, and enjoying um, moving into a direct market beef, grass-fed beef okay. um, deal. And the way that came about was, you know, like I said earlier, we raise beef here. That's what the ranch has done here for hundred year, over a hundred years. And so, how can we um, do that but add some value to that? Mm-hmm. And so, we've dipped our toe into buying some steers from the ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all, you know, from the same place, born here, raised here, and now they're going to be finished here. So that'd be the next big thing, or the nearest thing that's happening. And the most fun thing I think that's happening right now is my little girl has kind of inspired a little book series we're going to try to do. I love it. And because uh, she thinks she runs the whole place already anyway. She probably and does. And she does. Yeah, yeah she, does. she does. You're right. And ever since she was little, we'd take pictures of her, you know, dragging a feed sack or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm usually right behind her. But, well, you know, my wife, she's an amazing photographer and she'll take these pictures where it'll look like, you know, my five-year-old daughter is running out these bull yearlings or something uh-huh. by herself, right? And so it's, it's so much fun for her to see these pictures and think she can do anything. I can be bold. Look at me. I yep. can do this. And, and so we want to pass that attitude down to her, you know. And so she is actually the one that um, she loves taking these pictures and sharing this stuff that she can do and telling her buddies. But um, we're going to put this book together. She's kind of, in fact, she changed it yesterday. It, we, had, we sat down at the house and read her what we had because we've got a publisher and we're fixing to push this out. That's so and, awesome. And she, yeah, it's awesome, except she changed the book. And we're giving her this leeway. Right. And, uh, and she said, because she's always dreaming about this alicorn, unicorns with wings are alicorns. I didn't know this until okay. about four years ago. I didn't know. There's a unicorn. Your, your, your audience is probably going to be fascinated with this. I'm so, fascinated sorry. with this. There's, there's unicorns. There's pegasus. Yeah. But then there's alicorns. Horns, wings, makes an alicorn. Yeah. So yeah, like, we you know we learn we learn something See, like, about. And I love fans, that's right. We're learning about creatures. livestock, wow. right? Yeah. And so she, we have this running game when we go and do stuff. You know, looking for hoof prints and feathers uh-huh. and whatnot. You know, sure. about finding the alicorn. And and she told us last night that she wanted to find the alicorn in the first book instead of always looking for it, and it can help her with her chores. That's the next fun project at our house. That is a fun project. Yeah, Yeah, that is. And so they both weigh in on it, and Tani's amazing, you know, with her. She's got the marketing skills and the photography, and it's it's a lot of fun. You guys got the real deal out here. That's awesome. (laughs) We do lots of new stuff. It doesn't always work, you know, but that's part of being bold, I guess, is taking the defeats and moving on to the next thing. Well, and you said something when we weren't on camera earlier or recording you you said this is a hard life this is this is tough and there are a lot of people who wish that they could you know do this and and they just can't make it work so can you just kind of talk a little bit about that or elaborate some yeah i mean i was one of those guys if if um if i thought i could support a family as soon as i graduated high school i'd have i'd have been on the ranch (laughs) you know 
I'd have been back here working cattle and, and riding horses and, and you know, doing it. Yeah. But, um, but that lifestyle is, is not a lifestyle that you can support, you know, a wife and two little girls and, and going and doing things. Right. We had to, or I had to, to go out there and figure out a way to, to make it back eventually, but to bring something to the table mm -hmm. when I come back. Um, and bring alternative revenue models down or figure out different ways to improve my own business right. so that I could live that lifestyle and still make a living. Because of what you said, it's, it's hard, you know. Yeah. It's fulfilling. It's a, it's a very fulfilling life. And I would have been fine with eating, you know, pimento cheese sandwiches <laughs> and, and buying, you know, wooden stick horses for the girls every Christmas. But I've got a wonderful wife, and she doesn't deserve that lifestyle, you know. And so we have to figure out a way to make it all work. Right. Yeah. What would what advice would you give to people who know what they're passionate about? Um, like you, you knew you're passionate about this place. You knew you wanted to come back here, um, and you knew that there were going to be some steps you had to take to kind of make it back. So, what advice would you give to people who have an idea or have a passion that they know they want to pursue, but maybe it's just not? the timing or, or what would you say to them? I would say to be humble and persistent. Um, Which of those do you and think is more important? Oh, that's tough. Mm -hmm. I think they're equally important. And, and I'll, I'll elaborate. So um, I wanted to train horses. That's what I wanted to do. And, but I wanted to be able to make a living. And so I had to understand that I'm not good enough to do that now yet, you know, back in high school, even right. in college, and even after. But I was persistent enough to keep doing other opportunities that might be related to horses or might be related to agriculture. And so I had to understand I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. I've got to keep getting more skills that will let me be ready. I got to go to bed every night and even though I might be stuck behind a computer every morning writing software, uh, at least I'm doing it for horse ranches. Right. And so I have to con I got to keep doing it, you know, keep and you're doing it. Furthering yourself toward that goal. You bet, you right. bet. And and in fact, that's why I said uh, early on that I don't necessarily have an end goal. Mm -hmm. It's more of a process, you know. And and so I want to take baby steps to to leave this world, you know, giving my girls the yes. same opportunities I got here with. And and so in order to do that, I've got to even though you get kicked in the ass sometimes, yeah. um, you got to keep going. So you got to be persistent. But sometimes you'll be doing a great job and people will throw that in your face. And, and mm -hmm. you can't get upset or you can't get discouraged. You got to be humble enough to understand maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Or, um, or maybe I can go develop another skill set that will allow me to address that differently than I did. Because, man, people are different. Even the horse training business is not really a horse training business. It's a people relationship business. Absolutely. And, uh, and so you, you developing the horses is only half the battle, right. probably less than half. Right. You know, y'all's business is probably real similar. You develop beautiful jewelry, but you still got to go find an audience right. for it. And, uh, and so developing the relationships with the people is a big deal. And personally, I mean, I'm very nervous in this atmosphere. This is not my bag. You're doing I a like, fantastic job. Well, well thank you. you but the you know, alone in the brush, you know, or horseback in yeah. the arena by myself all day, that's my that's bag, place, man. Right? You know, that's yeah. what I enjoy. And uh, and I had to when we first started our software business, in fact that's another comfort zone for me. I can sit behind the computer and be good all mm -hmm. day long. You know, I'd rather be outside, but 
alone is is comfortable for me and um and when we did when we started that business you can't be successful if you sit in a room by yourself right. all day so i had to develop those skills get out in front of people and you know even though you want to throw it out on the stage you got to suck it up you know be yeah. humble develop those skills right. you know say yes to some different opportunities that make you uncomfortable and you know and roll through it and so in fact i guess that'd be number three persistent humble and um and be willing to step outside your comfort zone you have to I think that's you know huge. you have to develop those different different assets to right. to be able to further yourself to to grow and to right. better sure. yourself growth is uncomfortable it is I, I think that that's the only time we truly grow is when we're you uncomfortable bet. or um it, and it's a res- as a result it's uncomfortable but but failing or or having a misstep or something going wrong and and that does push us out of our comfort zone sure. and that is how we grow sure and continue I, we we talk to people i had a kid he's 18 years old and so on the grand scheme of things he's just starting but he's probably started more horses than anybody anybody around here anyway even at his young age mm-hmm. but you know he's he's doing a good job and he had an owner that kind of got in his face a little bit and he called me upset and and that's the that's the number one and I told him I said number one your customer is right you know okay you you may not want to do it that way or you may think that what he's asking you is not an effective way to train the animal go get you some more skills and get to where he wants your way right you know if if you're not good enough to get him there you know settle down Mm -hmm. and go get you some more skills and develop that animal in the way he wants but the way that you know how and that you're comfortable right, with right. and but that's hard to do especially if you're 18 and think yeah. you know a lot of machismo right. you know and well that's where that it's humility tough. and being that's where the, comes you in. bet yeah. that's right it's yeah. you got to slow down and understand there's a big bigger picture right. if you're going to get to the end mm-hmm. is there anything else you would like to tell our watchers our viewers our listeners um be persistent you know enjoy being enjoy stepping out there and doing things that other people won't do Mm -hmm. and if you are passionate about what you're trying to do don't let somebody telling you no you know shut you down that i think is critical too um we've talked to some people who have have mentioned that they've been told they couldn't do something or they've been you know heard these negative voices and, and, and struggled with that. What do you say, you know, I mean, you just kind of touched on it, but what, what do you say to people? Because so often people believe what they hear. Yeah. Um, how, how would you address Those that? Those people don't know what they're talking they about. Right? They don't. You're talking to a yeah. hard-headed Irishman here. You know, to heck with those people. No, I mean, everybody does things based on the experiences they've had themselves, yeah. right? And so usually if somebody tells you you can't do it, it's because they can't. And, uh, and that's okay, you know, there's no reason to get upset with them. They got, you know, their own reasons for doing things the way that they do. And, and that's easy to do when somebody tells you no is to take it personal and hold a grudge against that individual because yeah. they told you a certain thing. Um, but I would say to, to take the, whatever they said to heart just as much as if they told you you were God's gift to humanity. Right. You know, you can't take that to heart either. Um, our passions, you know, what's in here you know, is, is a God-given whisper that we got to slow down and listen to. And if we, if we hear it and, uh, and believe in it, you know, if we think we've got a, a direction, mm-hmm. um, then we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to our family, our friends to pursue that no matter what anyone else is telling us. That was James O'Brien from J.J. O'Brien Ranch. 
For more information, you can visit the website, jjobrienranch.com. That's J-J-O-B-R-I-E-N-R-A-N-C-H.com. And follow them on Instagram at The Ranch Princess, on Twitter at Flying O Horses, and on Facebook at Flying O Cow Horses. Our next podcast will be available on September 6th. And we are sitting down with Megan and Annette, the two amazing minds behind Annette's Touch of Class and Gina's Graphic Tees. Dare to be Bold is a branded podcast from J Forks Designs. This episode was produced by me, Casey Forks, Jenny Forks, and Courtney Cobb. Courtney Cobb mixed this episode. You can find Dare to be Bold on SoundCloud and iTunes or watch on YouTube. Do us a favor and help spread the news about our show. You can also find us at jforksdesigns.com. I'm Casey Forks. Thanks for listening.